Hello everybody and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running live broadcast today. I am really, really thrilled for this one. It's my friend and fellow Stamford Strider, Fiona Martin is here. Hi Fiona, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very good and the reason that we're talking to Fiona today is because she has done a fantastic feat. She has completed no less than three Montane Lakeland 100 mile races. Not back to back, like as in year on year. <laughs> I just hate <laughs> to add. <laughs> and, um, and she's going for her fourth this summer, which I just think is is like part crazy and part amazing. And we're gonna find <laughs> out all about it. I regularly see Fiona being pulled around Parkrun by her gorgeous dog. And I've always been really impressed by her long distance running. And now that I'm doing the Montane Lakeland 100, potentially I'm doing the 50 this year and hopefully that will get me into the 100 next year if they let me in hopefully fingers crossed this is a perfect opportunity for me to ask her all of our questions so thank you so much for giving up your time today Fiona it's fantastic to have you on you're very welcome it's good to be here <laughs> um and can I just confirm because I did put on the YouTube thumbnail that you are a normal person in inverted commas um can I confirm that you are indeed a normal person you can confirm I am exactly what I would describe as a normal person I I've got a full-time job I've got a family and friends and other hobbies and all sorts of things so yeah definitely what I would describe as quite normal anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would say that you are very normal as well. And so within that normal parameter, can you just give us an idea of how long it takes you to do the Lake La 100, just so that we can check that you're not a, an elite athlete? <laughs> Absolutely not elite. So it's got a time limit of 40 hours. Um, and in the three years I've completed it, I've done it in about 38 hours, 37, and then my best was 36 and three quarters. So definitely Filling, filling all the time available, definitely not elite, but right. getting around it in the time available, yep. Yep, using all that time available. Well, you get more for your money that way, don't you? That's what people say, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, make the most of it, eat all the food, spend the time, enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it'll be 35 this year and then the fifth time that you do it to get, because you want to get your slate, don't you? That coveted slate when you do five times. You might get about 30 hours by then. You'll be a pro. Okay. Let's not get too excited. No. <laughs> what I want is that bit of slate, yeah, that uh, that coveted. I don't know if they quite knew it would turn into the sort of the thing it's become. So when I did the 50 for, I think it was the first time, it was the first time they ever gave it out to someone who completed five successful Lakeland Hundreds. And there were only three or four people they gave it to that particular thing. And then as I've been back year on year, you sort of see the slates all laid out on the stage ready for the presentation and and there's more and more every year and yeah I think they could do with taking over the slate mine or something <laughs> we've now got kilograms worth of slate to give out but yeah it's a it's a lovely memento and one that's absolutely motivating me yeah yeah it's drawn you in it really drawn you in so really has, yeah. yeah so for anybody who's watching who doesn't actually know what the Lakeland 100 is because let's face it not everybody is into running 100 miles I certainly wasn't until <laughs> I just thought what what is everyone going on about this let's give it a go um what is the Lakeland 100 in a bit of a nutshell so the Lakeland 100 um firstly it's 105 miles just to get that one out there um, oh, it's, yes, uh, five miles. No, no, that no. means that that's another hour, isn't it, really? At that Not point. an easy five-mile finish either, no, but it's a, so yeah, it's a 105-mile race. It starts in Coniston at the south of the Lake District, and it basically takes in a big loop of the Lake District. At the northern end, you get up to sort of Keswick and um, Blencathra is sort of, I think, the most northern point. You don't climb Blencathra. It takes in a lot of the, the less well-trodden peaks and troughs and, and paths and passes, but that's not to say it's not got plenty of climb. It's got plenty, but it takes in the less well-traveled ones all the way back round. 
and back down to the south again yeah so fantastic and it's like what's the terrain like i I think it's is it like nearly seven thousand meters of ascent even though you don't go up to the peak definitely should have researched that (laughs) oh don't worry i made a spreadsheet of all the hundred milers that's (laughs) fine it's available to patrons it's basically fairly relentless it's up and down and up and down you climb out of one pass down into another um most of your checkpoints are sort of at the bottom of passes in little villages or sort of places where you can get to um and yeah it's the terrain is it's all off-road um it's not for someone normal it's not very runnable in terms of the climbs and the descents sort of you sort of look at it and go ah oh, that's that's a bit down I could run that but it's very rocky underfoot it's mm-hmm. but it's it's enjoyable <laughs> it's a yeah. different kind of challenge if you like it's not a it's an endurance challenge as opposed to I don't run lots of it because that's what a lot of people ask me straight away oh, how do you run for that long my answer is I don't run for, for yeah, that long. I love I that answer. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving. I climb. I scramble down, and I run the bits I can run. There are runnable bits, but they're just little shuffle bits. But yeah, it's yeah, it's more of an ultra hike than for for people um, using that whole time available. Um, and I just I just was wondering because even though I have known you for several years and we've been on I'm sure several nights out together and things for people's birthdays, but I don't actually know how you got into running in the first place. Hmm. Well, yeah, you've got my husband to blame for that one. So I was not a runner or a sporty person at school. Really? Uh, we talked about our hobbies at school. I wasn't good doing cross country and that kind of thing. I wasn't wow. sporty in the slightest. Um, but it was one of these, you know, after Christmas one year, you go, right, I need to get a bit fit. I need to lose a bit of weight, that kind of thing. And I boldly went in. He was not my husband at the time. Boldly went into work. I said, ah. Oh, I ran for 20 minutes yesterday, feeling really proud of myself. And he was a runner. He'd done sort of marath- half marathons and stuff. And he said, oh, amazing. Keep going. There's this event you should enter. So entered this five mile event. I thought, oh, yeah, I could get up to five miles. Turned out it was um, one of these obstacle. It was called the Beast. It was over at M- Mowbray oh, on this equine. Cool. Cross country. Yeah. I was stood on the start line. Oh, I'm never going to listen to you ever again. <laughs> that didn't work. Was he there? Was Tom there on the start line? Yes, he was there. Yeah. Was, he was but raining. it wasn't your husband at that point. He was not my husband at that point, no. Oh, he's got some um, work to do at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be where we go. Um, so I did that, but then I did it and I felt really proud. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder what I could do next. So I entered a 10K and I did that and I felt proud. And I thought, oh, I'll enter a half marathon. And, and these things just stepped up. Um, and then it was his fault again that we entered the ultra, to be honest. We'd, really? I'd done my first marathon um it hadn't gone very well I wasn't prepared for the distance I hadn't enjoyed it particularly um and he'd seen the Lakeland 50 advertised which so the the 100 goes all the way around the Lake District the 50 starts at the northern end and follows the same route back as the 100 so it's sort of half the distance so he'd seen that advertised and he said oh this looks really good because we like the Lake District we've been on holiday to the Lake District that kind of thing this looks really good we should try this and I was like well I don't know but if you're going to enter it I'm going to enter it. <laughs> so yeah. That. And then, yeah, we really enjoyed that. Um, so we did that one year. And to quali- you have to qualify for the Lakeland 100, as mm-hmm. I think you know. Um, you either have to complete the Lakeland 50 in a certain time limit or a similar sort of terrain race, because it isn't an easy race, to be fair. It, it does require some preparation. Um, and we hadn't made the time limit for the 100 because we hadn't been trying. It was our first ever ultra, but we were close. And, you know, when you look at something and go, oh, if we just put a little bit more effort into that, well, we, we could do that time. Wow. So, yeah, that's, 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 and then 
that's what we did and then we did it and we ended it and yeah just turns out I quite like running a really long way yeah <laughs> what do you what do you like about it because I was thinking um yeah I was thinking I must ask Fiona what you love about running um because you came to it a, well not really late in life but you know you didn't like run as a kid or anything like that like some of these you know elite athletes do they're just yeah. running all their lives yeah so what was it for you that just kept you coming back to running uh the two things I really like most about it so I think to begin with I really liked um how you could get better at it quite quickly even without being elite or running every day or something like I say I sort of run two miles and then it was three miles and then it was five and and you can sort of see that improvement be it either that you can run a bit further or that you can run a bit faster I sort of like that kind of feedback of getting better I suppose um and then long distance I really like um sort of a lack of pressure if you like I do I do all distances um if you had to ask me to pick my favorite maybe sort of between that half marathon and marathon distance but even then you run those going for a time or trying to get pb or that kind of thing um i really like the long distance just going out and just running and not looking at your watch and not worrying about whether you're going to hit that split and not worrying that that mile was slower than that one or or that kind of thing and and that's what i really like about these events finishing okay i have finished a little bit quicker every time but I'm not going to get upset if this year I finish in 38 hours again at all. Yeah. I'm going to be proud that I finished it and enjoyed it. So mm. I think that's what I like probably most about long distance. I'm quite good at just sort of switching off and going. Yeah. just As opposed just to worrying along. about, yeah, yeah. pulling along. <laughs> Do you um, have to worry about the cutoff times at all? Because I know it's quite a generous uh, 40 hours is quite it is quite generous time frame for 100 miles but considering the terrain and the hills it actually isn't <laughs> no it's really not um yes I do a little bit now so the first time I did it I didn't finish it um, oh really yeah no I so we'd done the 50 we'd realized we could do it and then we sort of went right well, let's try the 100 mm-hmm. and we didn't give it as much respect as it perhaps needed so for the 50 miles, you get a 24 hour cutoff, which is yeah. obviously you can do the math on that much more generous than a 40 hour cutoff for 105. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we hadn't worried at all on that one because it, it we managed it. It was no problem at all. Um, I like I ran the, the first couple I did. I ran with my husband. And so this first 100 we did, we had both actually just run quite good marathon times. We were quite proud of ourselves. We thought we were. Well, we were running well, yeah. but we weren't ultra marathon running well. Yes. <laughs> there was a, there was a key <laughs> whole difference. different ball game. <laughs> whole different ball game. Just because you could run like a good marathon time doesn't mean you could complete this. So, What was your good marathon times? Uh, well, mine, at the time back then, I'd sort of just cracked my four hours and I was, wow. I was really pleased with that. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I was at the moment, at that time anyway. Um, so... I've now my PB, if you did care, was three three thirty eight now. But yeah, <laughs> that's, wow, that's amazing. But like I say, it's a completely different ball game. It doesn't mean that you can then run the yeah. hundred mile well. So yeah, I've forgotten what your question was. Now I've just been rambling. Oh, <laughs> um, I've forgotten too. What were we talking about? <laughs> Someone remind us. Um, it was. Uh, let me see on my list. Um, was late. Was late the one hundred your first? What attracted you to the hundred miler? Um, yeah, we were just randomly talking off questions, actually. No, yeah, that's fine. It was just, yeah, what attracted to you? Yeah, 
you were talking about you did the 50 and there was a good it was like 24 hours cut off and that was it you asked about, about whether i worried about the cut off times yeah that was right that yeah. was it so the, yeah the very first time we did it we did we were chasing those cut off times um we got to because actually the first half of 100 is in my opinion harder than the second half uh-huh. um, there's some really tough climbs in it right and the cutoffs are for me anyway tighter at the beginning at the beginning yeah if you yeah. sort of make it to the halfway point from mm-hmm. then on time kind of spreads yeah. out a bit more they I give find. you a bit of leeway do they yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah the very first time we did it we got to one of the checkpoints and we had about 15 minutes until the cutoff oh yeah didn't really get time to rest and eat properly and we were chasing those for a mm-hmm. good sort of two or three checkpoints later and it was one of those where we just said Look, no we're not we're not going to finish this. We knew what was coming because we'd done the 50. We knew there was a really hard climb coming. Yeah. Um, there's a checkpoint called Mardell Head, which if you've got any knowledge of the Lake District is in the absolute middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and they basically say, if you drop out there, you're waiting hours for the coach because the coach comes once because it's so hard to get to. So yeah. we looked at it and went, we don't think we're going to make that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit there for hours. Yeah. We're going to call it quits now. What so, mileage was that? Uh, that was, we'd probably done about 55 miles at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we still had a really long way to yeah. go. And it's really good that I just thought about the fact that they make you do, for the 50, the Lakeland 50, they make you do the, the end of the 100 mile course. So yeah. then you sort of sort of know that bit if you've already done the 50. So that's handy, presumably, because you're more tired at that point and you know what's coming. I just thought, yeah, that, yeah that's a really good idea. It is it's very useful to know what's coming because um you sort of if you're again a normal runner and out using the full time you're out over two nights because yeah. you start at six o'clock on Friday evening and it starts six o'clock Friday evening and I finish about seven o'clock Sunday morning yeah. so you're out for two full nights and by that second night it's really tiring <laughs> you're not thinking straight things that you think you know bits that you're confident you've run before you click at it and you question it and you go it's dark and I'm tired and I'm I'm not yeah. thinking it's great. There was a bit we ran and um, we'd been up in the May half term and, and walked it with our dogs. So I was 100% confident. I knew this route and you yeah. follow the river for a bit at Elter Water, but then you come away from it. And I said, oh, we need to go here. And Tom said, no, we follow the river. We stay on the river. And I was like, no, we we don't follow the river. And I was 100% sure because I'd walked the dogs and I knew it. But I could have been convinced if I wasn't like, I could have gone the wrong way quite easily. So yeah, it's really handy to Yeah, to recce it. We have got we have got a couple of questions actually about recce. That um there's Tony on the live chat that you if you're doing the Neem Valley uh twenty miler this year, you might meet him because he's running it. Um (laughs) that would be him, go on. (laughs) Um Tony says, um he appreciates you've done the race before, but how much of the route did you recce before doing it for the first time or or do you like go back even even now and do some and Melissa also wanted to know about that as well she said how important is it to fit in wrecking the course before you race it like should you really try and do all of it ideally or would you remember it from the 50 perhaps if you'd done it the year before so I hadn't done all of it um but I did make a point of doing the bits that I was going to be doing at night um because I thought that would be the hardest bit so for the 50 I'd recceed from Ambleside to Coniston, which is sort of the last the about last 17 bit. miles. Yeah, and that is knew. in the dark, is it, by then? It is for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm in the dark for that bit. That's so my kind of timing, time, yeah. What time does it get dark in July then? Is it about nine o'clock? Nine-ish, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's the end of July, isn't it? So by nine o'clock, you're still running, even on the 50. 
um yeah I, so. okay, I finished about two in the morning give oh, take. okay yeah so yeah definitely wrecked that bit mm-hmm. um now if you can't get up there to wreck it you will be okay um the road book is incredibly detailed almost sort of turn by turn step by step um it will say in in 50 meters there'll be a can take the path here at this point wow um and there's a lot of people around as well mm-hmm. uh, you're very rarely on your own mm. Because of just so many people, yeah. Doing it as well, so there's as long as you don't get in that mindset of oh, there's people I'll follow them because they yeah. might not be going either. But exactly. <laughs> I've done that <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah, we all have. I've done it too. Yeah, couldn't have done that. You weren't confident either. So yeah, I would if you can and then you want to do it. Recce Ambleside to Coniston would be a key one for the fifty. For the fifty, yeah. Um, what about for the hundred? What would you recce for that? So for the hundred again, I did the bit that was definitely going to be in the dark so I went from boot to Braithwaite so that's covers B2B. yeah <laughs> well it then covers Buttermere in the middle as well so ah, you B2B go B2B. from <laughs> boot to Wasdale Head, Wasdale Head to Buttermere, Buttermere to Braithwaite okay. and I recce those bits as well yeah um, because again we knew they would be in the dark yeah which was useful and do you remember all of it no mm-hmm. but do you remember bits of it and go oh yeah here's those stepping stones oh yeah here's that bit Oh yeah, this bit, and it's also a little bit nice to know what's coming. Yeah, because between Wasdale Head and Buttermere, you climb Blacksail Pass. Oh yeah, it's fairly horrendous. Um, I think the first time I'd ever come across that was on the race. I might have cried a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sort of knew it was coming, and I, I knew it was like, I've, I've been up here before. I can get up here again, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so. brilliant. And when you wreck it, do you wreck it in the daylight, or do you yeah. kind of wait until it's dusk and you're like, oh, I'll wreck it in the dark because it'll be there in the dark. No, I did it in the daylight. We sort yeah. of thought, let's let's get to know this. Let's make sure we can do it. Um, yeah. And also, it's just nicer, really, then, isn't it, as well? You yeah. get, to, you get <laughs> yeah. to see the surroundings as well. You're going to be in the dark on race day. I suppose yeah. there's something to be said for doing it in the dark. Um, the actual Lakeland 100, they organise recce's. Mm-hmm. If you can get onto one of those organised recce's, they'd be great. Unfortunately, yeah. being a teacher, they're in term time, and it's just a bit of a way to get up there. Yeah. Um, and they do do them at the right time of day. So they do oh, that do they? to come someone overnight. Yeah. Oh, right. Like So they do it as if you were taking most of the 40 hours. They do it at that time scale, do they? Oh, yeah. that's really cool. I didn't realise that the training sessions would do that as well. They mm-hmm. sell out so quickly, though, don't they? Because they they're, do, yeah. they're only 25 <laughs> quid, aren't they? The, the whole race is only... When I put my spreadsheet together of, like, the other 20 or so 100 milers that are quite prolific in the UK, I, I just realised how cheap it is compared to all the other ones. Like, it's usually over 200 quid to do one of these type of things, and £140 is brilliant. It really is, and you don't... It's not a, a skimping race no, either. There's absolutely no. everything you could want, all the food, yeah, all the drinks. Yeah, and free camping. The... Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's a really good... Yeah, because I am... Um, one of the years I did the 100, I ended up running with some ladies who were doing the 50. I yeah. sort of caught up with them because they were walking most of the 50. Yeah. And it was overnight and it was nice to just be with some people. That's lovely. Um, and they said, oh, we paid this much for the 50. How Did you pay double for the 100? And I'll be honest, it was my second night. I couldn't remember anything. But I was like... <laughs> I really don't think I pay £200. No. <laughs> I can't remember what I did pay, but it wasn't an awful lot. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing compared to some of them, especially mm. like the spine race and stuff. That's like going up to about a £475 for next winter's one. But I appreciate they've got all the safety stuff to put in place over the winter, so that's probably where all the costs come in. Um, yeah. 
yeah and we'll um we'll get on to kit and stuff in a minute because we have got some questions about that and like polls okay. phil wants to know about polls tony wants to know what's in your pack um but first i want to know um got a question from mike about your mileage like uh, rolling back a bit to your training um and i'm wondering like if it's tr changed over the years as well or your training um so mike says what's your general weekly mileage and how much of that is like hiking and how much of it is running um because yeah and, and like and I was thinking do you also include vert in that like ascent because I know some of some runners calculate they don't do mileage they do ascent like yeah how how do you work out your training the physical side of it um okay so I don't get as detailed as worrying about vertical ascent and stuff like that mm -hmm. I just make sure that I have done some I've never calculated exactly how much I've done but um yeah, so the lessons that I learned from not completing the 100 the first time was that I needed to change my training, okay. that just going out for 20 mile runs on tarmac wasn't wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So it was at that point, I switched to making sure that I just had long days out. And it didn't have to be running, it just had to be moving. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd go from where I live and get to the Peak District in a couple of hours. So just go and spend a day out in the Peak District and make sure that I did climb places um and that you sort of had the the climbs that i couldn't run up because as well running up a hill isn't the same as climbing up a mountain yeah um so made sure that i did plenty of those kind of climbs um like i said before we like going on holiday to the lake district as well so i just i didn't set myself a training goal as i must do 25 miles out in this peak district. it just made sure that in the run-up to it i'd had plenty of days out and that also my running locally, I did plenty of trail running just so I wasn't just on the tarmac the whole time. And and where I live, you'll know, Claire, there's not loads and loads of hills, but there are challenging trails. Yeah. So making Bloody. sure that I did some of those and just to get the strength in the leg. Joined the gym as well, made sure I did some strength work because let's face it, most runners don't do enough strength work. I definitely fall into that category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I made sure I did a bit more of that. Um, I wish I could tell you I had some incredible training plan that I could pass on to you, <laughs> but I don't. It's, yeah, my mileage probably at my peak, I don't get above 45 miles a week this because I just don't have the time. Yeah. Um, so exactly, yeah, you can do it as long as you make sure that you've got some, yeah, days out. So I'm going out into the Peak District later this week because it's half term. I'll try and get out again sort of in the East holidays. I also like to do a different ultra in the run-up to it so hmm. a few years back I did the it's GB ultras sorry the GB ultras Pennine Barrier which yes. is up, takes in the three Yorkshire three peaks I did that um last year I did the Ultra X Spring Trail series down in the South Downs that was 100k yeah. so again I like to sort of get a, a longer distance race in not 100 miles because yeah. then you won't recover enough in time for it so yeah, this so year like I'm gonna do kind of time. The, 100k like around yeah. may time kind of thing yeah yeah may june kind of yeah yeah may early june this year i'm going to do there's the grim reaper at Grimsort castle oh, which yeah. won't have the same kind of climbs in it but we'll have just that keeping going remind reminding your body how to keep going sort of thing yeah. and that one is 10 miles 10 mile laps isn't it so yeah. mentally that i would find that really challenging it must be just so hard not to be oh i'll just stop, stop at this <laughs> i'll point. see how that one goes i've not done it so yeah we need done one lap ultra i did wendover woods which is a 50 mile oh, and that yeah. was a 10 centurion yeah. yes 
Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It was really good, but it was mentally difficult. Being only five, it was okay. The first two were great because yeah. they feel fresh, it's new. Lap number three was a bit harder. Then four, it started to get dark. And yeah. I was really tired. And then five was okay again because you know it's the last yes, one. Yes, <laughs> it's the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good to break it down like that as well. Um, I'm glad that you covered the other races thing because we did have a question from Tracy about that saying, do you do lots of other races in the lead up to the main race, being late 100? Um, but it seems like you just do like the one in May and then yeah. would you do like shorter ones in the lead up then? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's not because I don't think it's important. It's because let's go back to being a normal person and fitting in. I don't have the the time or the money to shoot around the country entering all of these ultramarathons. So yeah, try and get one in. And yeah, I'll do some other sort of shorter ones around. I'm doing um, a road marathon this year. I'm doing Manchester Marathon, um, middle of April. Again, just to sort of, my figuring on that one is if I'm marathon trained by the end of April, Mm -hmm. because I'll then have miles in my legs and general fitness, then I can sort of shift the focus of the training to the longer sort of trails in the upcoming three months and I've done that before with my husband and I we've done sort of a spring marathon yeah and then shifted the focus of the of the training yeah. a bit so hopefully yeah. that'll work. I must say that is what I'm doing as well but not uh, not a road marathon I've never done one of those and probably never <laughs> will um but I'm doing like the 50k so 30 miles okay doing a couple of 50ks like Manx Mountain Marathon in April and then UTS Ultra Tour of Snowdonia um in May Perfect. yeah so I thought and then I'll have the 50 in July um but yeah. it's interesting that you're talking about fitting it in like that because Tracy also has another question Tracy had a lot of questions I think I think she's got 100 coming up so she's like amazing like give me all the knowledge um so Tracy says how does Fiona integrate running or hiking into like general everyday life like do you do any run commuting or do you like run to the shops or do you like like me do you like walk around um with like a not a a child on your back but would you get a big backpack out and walk to the shops with a big backpack on your back or anything like that um yeah I sometimes I haven't done it yet this year because it's been cold and dark and horrible but I do run home from work uh, so I well I've actually moved house since I lasted it I live now about nine miles away from work I used to live about 15 miles away oh. so I'd yeah I'd run home mm. um then my my new well I say new favorite my favorite way of getting in my miles nice and early is just getting up early on Saturday morning and running to Parkrun oh you run to Parkrun I see yeah, I run and then Parkrun. you get the dog to pull you around then <laughs> the dog pulls me around yeah so I now live about 12 miles away from Parkrun um so yeah I, I run there sometimes run a little bit more so this morning I not this morning sorry this week I did about 16 miles before I did parkrun yeah like a long loop to parkrun then did you run do you run home from parkrun or do you get a lift home anymore I get a lift home so I used to live before I moved house I lived about six miles away from Uh parkrun so I'd run to parkrun do parkrun and run home again and that'd be perfect now that I live about 12 miles away from parkrun I've not yet run to it done it and run home again it's not to say I won't nearer the time yeah I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah ah but, interesting and that means just your long run is sort of done by half past nine and mm-hmm. it's sort of out the way and it doesn't interfere too much because otherwise it's like you say a normal person family friends take up the whole of the weekend by saying oh I'm off for 20 miles it sort of gets a bit <laughs> yeah probably a bit too much too much of the time so yeah no that is really good to fit it in early and parkrun really gives you that deadline doesn't it so you've got gives to be out to get a certain there. thing see loads of people have a coffee afterwards brilliant and it still means you can do parkrun as well because I really like parkrun for what it is mm, but yeah. if you're training for a longer distance mm. you sort of go oh, well, do you know what 5k is just not enough mm. and it's it's not but if you sort of tie it in with something else and and it also gives you that kick of running a little bit harder when you're tired because 
as much as you stand on the start line and go, oh, I'm going to take part run easy today, you start going and <laughs> no everyone one else ever does. <laughs> no one else has done 12 miles already. So everyone else is shooting yeah. off. So you sort of join in with them. So. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I usually I could, if I'm not doing the 12 miles prior, I can usually keep up with this person. So then you feel like <laughs> exactly. I need to keep up with this person. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, just that kind of training on tired legs kind of thing as well. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I would do that, but I've got Finley on a Saturday. Um, Steve takes him on a Sunday while I do a long run with the club. So I'm just thinking, can I like cycle there with Finley in the trailer just to get tired legs beforehand? Would he, would he put up with that? To then be in the trailer again for a run, I don't know if he would really go for that. Only you know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I can tell you all about running. Nothing about children. <laughs> <laughs> Do not have a young child. Yeah, um, but you've got um, you're married to Tom, aren't you? So you've got stepkids. Yeah. Um, do do you does that sort of impact on your training or anything like that? Um, doing family stuff with them, you have to presumably work runs around spending time with them. Or are they old enough to just get on with their own thing now? Um, they are old enough to get on with their own thing, but it's still, it, yeah, it's still nice to, I don't want the weekend that they're around to say, oh, oh I'm off for four hours. Yeah. So no, I do. And that's why, like I say, getting getting it done early on a Saturday is really useful. Um, and then, yeah, the running, she, she asked about running commutes. That's, I will start that again when the the route I've got home from work, I don't want to do in the dark just because of traffic and stuff. So yeah, as soon as the evenings get a bit lighter, I'll do that once a week and stuff and cycling as well I couldn't tell you for definite that cycling helps but I feel like it must it's sort of those quad muscles and thigh muscles isn't it so I do cycle to work and back as well and and sort of get on the exercise bike that kind of thing yeah just just mixing it up like I said the very my you learn a lot from failing don't you so yeah the time we didn't complete the 100 (laughs) that definitely taught me to mix it up a bit get out on the bike get that sort of fitness because as well you can't run 20 miles to park run on Saturday morning if you've destroyed your legs doing that many miles in the week as well. So yeah, that other kind of fitness, that being on the bike, the core strength training. Yeah, I sound like I do loads of it. I don't do enough of it, but I do <laughs> no do more than I used to do. I, I do more than I does. used to do. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like now I'm like 40, so I've got to do the right thing now. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I've just Tracy is actually watching live, which is fantastic. So thank you for answering all her questions. She says she's also doing Manchester Marathon, so you can say hi to her. Are you? Oh, amazing. I would <laughs> yeah. say I'd see you there, but there'll be thousands of them right now. So. <laughs> and I don't know what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little picture of her in the corner. If you watch this back, um, I okay. put, I put the little little comments. I put comments up as I go you can't see them um on Skype but you can see them like if you were to watch this back later Um, and um and she also says she does um run to and from park run sometimes as well so she's with you on that one um and keep doing it it. and we do have one last question from Tracy um which is about what you were just talking about there about strength training and things um she said how does Fiona manage to stay uninjured presuming that she does um Mm -hmm. when she's doing all these long distance training runs which probably include hills like do you do long back-to-back runs and this is probably where the whole strength training thing comes in as well isn't it um so there's the big one how do I manage to say uninjured uh well last year I got injured um so and that was my first ever injury and I don't even really know if actually no I probably could so I did the uh South Downs run which was 100k in the run up to 100 miles I did that um I was eight I think that was back end of April actually Mm. or start of May then I did the Lakeland 100 in the end of July then I did, in fact, no, when I start talking, you can see exactly why I got injured. So then I did the Berlin <laughs> Marathon right at the end of September. 
which went that was my pb that went so well and oh, i wow. put that all down to that ultra training just those long slow miles just meant that i i had the endurance for that one wow um but then i also like a few other people had a place in london the week after that wow because of covid and and things getting and no one turns down a place in london do they so <laughs> I, I did <laughs> that <laughs> so and then i stopped running until about Christmas, because I said, right, I need a rest now. And then I got injured when I started to build it back up again. Um, so the answer to how I don't get injured, I don't, up until then, I think I, I think I just did too much. I think prior to that, all of my long distance ones, I'd already had a good period of recovery afterwards. And by recovery, I don't necessarily mean anything active or special. I just mean, give myself a rest, um, made sure that I didn't go out and do something daft afterwards. Um, so yeah, I suppose again, you learn from mistakes, don't you? I suppose last yeah. year I just just did too much in one go. Um, so I've just been really, I say I've been really careful. I've I've just made a point of not doing anything too daft. My build up has been sensible. Um, yeah. So I I had I was started running again last summer, and I had another place in London because I've got a good rage and no one turns down places in London. So I did run that, but then I backed off again, and this this build up's been really sensible. So I. Suppose I would just say I don't think I did anything special to not get injured, but I'd always been quite sensible. Yeah, I'd never done I'd never done my twenty-five mile long run and then done intervals the next day or that kind of thing. Yes, enough so rest, I, sleep, food, plenty of food. Yeah. So I suppose <laughs> I suppose that's what I'd say. Yeah, the time I did get injured, when you speak it through, you can see why. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and Tracy is just listening to that live, and she's just said she's just deferred on a fifty mile ultra because otherwise she would have had a marathon, a fifty mile, and a fifty k in the same month. Wow, that is a that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot I'd... if you're going to be racing them. Like if you're the type of person that can go to a race and just trot round at the back, chatting to everyone, then fair enough, it's a training run. But it's that's so it. Hard if you can take it as a training it. run, then you'd probably be okay. But if you're going to get swept up, and I'll be honest, I do get swept up. Um, I did yeah. Berlin. I got my PB and in my head I was like, oh, I'll just go run and enjoy London. But then you start and you go, let's see what I can do. And mm. then so, yeah. Yeah, it just I think never she's, works that She's way. probably done the sensible thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, well done you, Tracy. Um, and so that's some really good chit chat there about the training. Um, and now we've got, we've had quite a few questions about your gear for the 100 miler. Um, okay. So uh, we've got oh, one from Phil, one from Tony, who just wants to know what's in your pack. And, and today she wants to know about your race vest as well. Um, so yeah, should we chat about the poles first? Because I'm intrigued about this because you see so many runners with poles. Um, trail running Phil says, poles or no poles, poles, Fiona? Well, if he's asking me specifically, I've never used poles. Really? No. Why is um, that then? Like, what uh, what makes you think that poles aren't good? Um, Phil says some. He hears some runners calling them cheating sticks. Is that is that your opinion? No, that's not my opinion in the slightest. Um, I think if they help you, absolutely go for it. Um, I've never used them because I've never because I've always been okay without them. Mm -hmm. um, and what I would say about poles is, if you are going to use them learn how to use them properly um i don't think tom would mind me saying the first time we did the 100 he did get a pair of poles mm -hmm. and he found them more of a pain than anything he didn't he hadn't had proper training in how to use them they kept getting in the way um and he probably used more energy 
faffing around with them, <laughs> putting them away, trying to get them stuck at that because there's a lot of really narrow trails, a lot of heather, a lot of rocks, sort of getting them stuck, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm I'm quite small. I'm quite light comparative to other people. So I've never sort of, I, people sometimes laugh, not laugh at me, but I get down really low when I climb and just sort of, it just feels natural. I'm sort of yeah. really down, really low doing this climb. <laughs> Hands on your knees. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, sort like of a proper fell runner. Um, and there's like, was like, what are you doing down there? I was like, oh, it's just fine. It's easy to climb like that. So <laughs> it might be that I just have a body geometry that means that I can get away with it. Um, but I know there are a heck of a lot of people who swear by poles um, and say that they help them on the descents, maybe more than the ascents, because they sort of take away that kind of impact or they help help manage that kind of impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've never used them myself. It's not because I think they're cheating. It's just because I've, like I say, I've got around it. I finished it without them. Yeah. So I've not felt the need to try to use them. And would you say that a lot of people on the 100 do have poles? Like, did you feel like a standout person not using poles? Yes. Oh, did I feel, I didn't feel standout, but there's noticeably, there'll be a lot of people who will use them on the 100, but not the 50. Yeah. So there's a there's a really good community to the late 100 the whole time. There's a Facebook site. Yeah. It goes all around. People page. are asking questions. There's some hilarious comments on there. <laughs> oh, there's some absolute crackers. They're talking <laughs> about clanging cups at the moment because not, you're not allowed cups, obviously, so you've got to take your own cups. There's no cup plastic gate, cups. 2019, yeah. Cup tell you all about that if you've oh, got yeah. another hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a new cup gate opened up about clanging, like oh, people clanging taking ones. their own cups and now it clangs and clangs. So that was just hilarious to read. <laughs> there's so much beef. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's far too many people with far too much time yeah. but, <laughs> but aside from the funds like that there are some serious and people ask about poles and and yeah people will often say don't need them on the 50 mm-hmm. do need them on the 100 and can um, you is there a drop bag I know there was a question about that in the group and I don't know if I'm like on thin ice here asking if there's a drop bag at like is there a drop bag at halfway that you could be like get to Keswick and pick up your poles and then use them for the last 50 just because yeah. it might help yeah, yeah, so on the 100 mile, you get your drop bag at Delmain, which is just over halfway. Delmain is the start of the 50, um, but the 50 runners do a four-mile loop of the estate first, so there's, what, another 46 miles to go from there. So it's just over halfway. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. there is a drop bag for the 100 runners, at which point you can pick up, drop off, and, yes, perfectly legitimate and legal and do what you want with it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. know people have done that, drop the poles off or pick them up for the second half, yeah. Yeah, ah, okay, interesting. Um, okay, so that's covered poles, because um, I was thinking poles, but then I'm taking a GoPro with me to film the 50, and I'm going to be filming the 100 if I get in next year as well. Um, and I've done a load of training hikes with poles and a big backpack on, and it's just really annoying, because using the GoPro in one hand, you've got to put both poles in the other hand, so uh, I just don't know if, I, if I'm going to need them. I think you'd get away with the 50 without them. Yeah, definitely the 50. A lot more people use them on the 100 than do on the 50. Yeah, yeah. But... That's me who's never used them saying that. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Tony is asking you or me this question, but he says, are you ever tempted to take a GoPro with you and film the 100? I bet the views can be amazing. Because I am definitely, I would definitely be doing that, but would you be tempted to take a GoPro with you? Um, no. Uh, I have taken some photos on my phone when I've looked at particular views and stuff. I'm not very good at filming, GoProing, that kind of thing. It's not It's not particularly me. If I see some nice views, I'll take a picture of them. Um, it's good to be reminded to take pictures of views, actually. Mm. Um, so one of the years we did it, so every year 
there's an incredible presentation at the end and everyone sticks around and that's one of the really nice things about it hmm. that everyone supports everyone it's not like you're the last runner on the campsite all packed up and everyone's gone home there is a presentation at midday on a sunday brilliant and they always manage to somehow put together a film cool Oh, photos the yeah. actual yeah the organizers put yeah. together this film and and there was one year and I just remember they'd taken a picture of the sky at night and there was just all these stars and it was incredible and I turned to someone and went I didn't look at once I didn't look at that sky yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really nice to be reminded and there's also a shot it's on the se- first morning so Saturday morning they take a shot over Oldswater and it's beautiful there was a sunrise out of it but as a hundred runner you have to look backwards to see it Oh, so I now yeah. always make an effort to look backwards. Yeah. So uh, sort of one day it was really misty and rainy and it was rubbish, but I have caught that nice shot as well. So oh, yeah, that. no, not tempted to bother take a GoPro, but do take some pictures and yeah, remember to look around and enjoy yeah. the scenery because otherwise remember. you can be slogging up and go, oh, oh. especially if you're in a bad patch, <laughs> not turning around and actually appreciating where you are. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do that for a whole thirty-six hours, isn't it? <laughs> Being oh, yeah. appreciative for a whole time. <laughs> Yeah, but um, Tony's also got another question. He wants to. He just simply says, "What is in your pack, Fiona?" Um, what is in my pack? Yeah. Uh, so they've got a big list of mandatory kit, which is absolutely fine and makes sense. So your spare base layers, um, your emergency food, your your, your cup, your solid <laughs> cup, not a collapsible cup. Yes. Um, so <coughs> in addition to all of the mandatory kit, um something to put on at night because it gets cold even though it's July Mm. um I remember one year I was at one of the checkpoints near the end and must have only had about 15 miles left to go but I was really shivering I was really cold and your emergency kit you're not allowed to touch that is emergency kit if you if you take that and you wear that that's officially you've you've sort of declared your race over so so is that in a sealed bag that they seal and then if you've opened it at the end they check that and then they go ah ha ha you used your your we say they can I've never had mine checked probably because I'm not elite and winning it (laughs) that is a theory that checks could happen and you're not supposed to use your emergency kit because if you've got your emergency kit out and then an actual emergency happens and you've got nothing else to put on it, it, it all makes sense. It's all there for safety reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I carry something else that I can put on because I've starting end of July at six o'clock, it can be really warm and mm. you start out in your shorts and t-shirt, but actually the night comes and especially when you're tired, it gets quite cold. So I remember that year I was really shivering. I'd, I'd already put on the extra top I bought. I just put on my waterproofs. It wasn't raining. Yeah, exactly. as an extra layer. So put those in. Um, snacks to make me happy. So yeah. there's so much food. And again, if you look at the Facebook site, there's there's so many chats about what food to take. And people will say, you don't need to take a lot of food. And you're right. The first year I did the 50, I probably, had, I don't even know how many grams of food that I didn't eat because there is so much at every checkpoint. Mm-hmm. But I like to take a midget gems are my favourite. Just I don't know how particularly good they are in terms of nutrition, but I just really like them. <laughs> good sugar. And I tell you the ones I really like, they're like the Sainsbury's Basics ones because they're really soft. If you oh. get the proper like Maynard ones, they're a bit chewy. They're really hard, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. So they're really soft ones. Um, yeah, and just food that will just make you feel a little bit happier when you're sad because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you will get sad. So I'll tell you the other ones that are really good. There's like... I think they're called street waffles. They're kind of mm. um, wafery type things with caramel and they're oh, really yeah. tasty. Oh, so yeah, okay. something yeah. that will just perk you up a little bit. That doesn't weigh a lot, but it will just, so when you get to the checkpoint and go, right, I've had a cheese sandwich and some soup because I know I need that. 
but actually this is what I really want and yeah. put something like that in your drop bag as well so I always put a, a Snickers bar and an ambrosia rice in mine because they're oh, like yeah. a little treat to think of so when you right in the next two hours I'm gonna get my ambrosia rice yeah <laughs> oh, that sounds good do you have like oh sorry carry oh, on I know I was gonna say on top of that just just practical things so um I take a like a little mini charger because I'm not confident my watch will get me around. It never has quite got me around. So just to charge that, because if you care about having it on Strava, that kind of thing, which oh, let's definitely. Face, we shouldn't, but we do. Um, <laughs> it's no point doing just... it if it doesn't go on Strava, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then just a few little plastic bags to put in, because sometimes you don't want to eat as much food as you should at the checkpoint. I see. But you just want a little bag to put a few biscuits in or a, put a sandwich a in. A little take nose bag. Exactly that, yeah. So yeah. that kind of thing. And because if it rains, just put your phone and you because you they give you a road book well, I told you about it which really detailed but just put that in so it doesn't get wet that kind of thing yes. so yeah not loads on top of the mandatory kit because it is very extensive that's the word yes I was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's but, yeah. quite a long list isn't it yeah and you've yeah. got to make sure that you've got it all in good time for the race as well and um and we've got some questions about like uh, Tracy wanted to know what literage your race vest is um like what capacity is it uh, 12 litres. 12. Okay, that's good to know. And Tadeusz wanted to know which exact race fest did you use? Um, and do you have an eating schedule? So two questions there. Okay, so my race fest is the Salomon 12 litre. Oh, the Advanced Skin 12. Yes, the Advanced Skin 12. Thing. That's the one. Yes, I've got yes. that. Yes, I'm testing that at the moment. So yeah, I've got that. It's just here. This is what it looks like, everybody. Yeah, so. that's the one. Mine's blue, pack. but that's basically the one. And mine's, I think, about three years older than that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. looks like that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Now, I've tested a few over the time. It's not the one I've used all the time, but it's my favourite one. I've used a couple of different Salomon ones. Being, again, being quite small, I found it really hard to find one that fitted me nicely on my back and didn't sort of get in my way and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, that, that's the one I use now and that's the one I will continue yeah. to use. So I've just put a photo up on the screen there um, for everybody to look at. And I can see that you're wearing the blue Salomon vest. Yep. Um, you've got it really tight around you because I've had I've had to do that before because they, they call it a small, but it's like for small men. I, I don't know what Killian Jornet does because he is presumably quite small. I don't know what <laughs> Emily Forsberg does because she is presumably also very small. And even it's too small for, it's too big for me even. And I've got it cinched right together in the middle. Yeah, I, I do see really that you've like, got that yeah, as well. Yeah, pull it up really tight, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't mean anywhere yeah I've, like I said, I've tried yeah. a few and that's the one that's yeah stuck and I, I find that if you've got some stuff in the back it sort of makes it a bit bigger so then it's it's better but if you've got it actually empty then it will just move around because it's not tight yes. enough so I, I wore mine to partner the other day and I shoved in my waterproof and some other top even though it wasn't going to rain because like you say it just if they, they're clearly designed to carry stuff so yeah. they fit better so yeah if you do try it on in the shop and it's empty yeah, just you can't get tell. Some stuff and shove it in before you try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take all your stuff that you're going to be carrying on the race. Yeah, um, definitely for sure. Yeah, I've just yeah just popped up a couple of pictures of you running along there, mm -hmm. uh, just whilst whilst we wait. And then um, yes, uh, today you wanted to know about your eating schedule as well. Do you do you have an eating schedule? You were just describing all the various different snacks that you took, and you know you put some in the drop bag. But do you kind of you know, you can set an alarm on your watch even, can't you, to beep every half hour for you to eat like 30 milligrams of carbohydrate or something like that, 30 grams of carbohydrate. Are yeah. You, I'm you... guessing you're not kind of quite like that. No, I'm not as, as planned as that. I would just say don't let yourself get hungry. So on the on the Lakeland 100, there is a checkpoint every 
eight to 12 miles. I think the longest is about 11 and a half miles that you go without a checkpoint. And, and I just always make sure I eat at those. Um, but yeah, do eat proper food would be my suggestion. I bet there's elite people you've spoken to who do it on some gels and some pouches of stuff. Yeah, but, but... they're only out for 20 hours, aren't they? Exactly, so they no. can do that. I sit there. Um, so they have a, it starts at six o'clock. They have a briefing in the sports hall at five o'clock where I eat a peanut butter on a bagel because I've, I've discovered over many years that that's what I like and that's what sits nice to me. So I eat a whole bagel smothered in peanut butter on that. Um, and I also sit and I like a little chunk of it on the start line as well mm-hmm. because there's nothing, especially starting at six o'clock. Yeah, it's really dinner time. To, you've got to think about when you eat because that's dinner time. So mm. you can't eat at lunch and then just go. So, um, And then I just make sure that I eat at every checkpoint, to be honest. Um, they've got sandwiches, they've got cakes, they've got biscuits, they've got soup, they've got pasta. Um, and I just make sure I eat something proper. And yeah, because people often say, oh, how do you eat and run? And I yeah. go back to you you don't always run. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> and, walk. <laughs> and most of the checkpoints are at the bottom of passes. So you can stomp off with your sandwich in your hand and like start the walk up because you're not going to run straight. Well, normal people aren't going to run straight up that first climb. So oh, yeah, just no. eat as you go. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So no schedule, but don't mm-hmm. get hungry. And, and I know sometimes you don't want to eat. Yeah. But see if you can find something, even if it's just handful of crisps because crisps really go because they've got the salt yeah. in mm. um yeah see if you could see if there's something you fancy or if there's nothing you fancy take it with you because you might fancy it in half an hour sort of thing yeah, yeah don't don't let yourself get hungry because I think that's when it all starts to go, go a bit wrong tongue. yes and the Maybe. checkpoints are so close aren't they like seven to ten miles all of them so you really can just be picking up a few bits and you know even yeah. in your hand just taking them along exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's really good to know. Um, uh, there's another question. The, the questions are coming thick and fast. I can't keep up with this, guys. Um, <laughs> Trailrunning Phil says um, he wants to know a little bit about your mindset now. Um, he says, does Fiona think you can train your mind to be more positive or mentally tough? Or is it just something that's already inside you? Okay, we're getting quite deep now for uh, one o'clock on a, on a Tuesday morning, <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. We, we are, aren't we? Um, I think... I am quite lucky in this respect. I was talking to Tom in advance of this interview and sort of yeah. what, what makes you good at it. And I've always been quite positive about it. Um, someone asked me, someone else in the club, it was Claire Morley, actually. She said to me, yeah. did you ever think you weren't going to finish? And I was like, no. Really? Or, yeah, always yeah. knew I'd finish. Yeah. Um, and I just set myself really achievable goals. So like yeah. you say, it's never that far between a checkpoint. Like I said, I think the longest one's like 11 and a half miles. So you look yeah. at it and you go, right, there's eight miles to the next checkpoint. I'm going to be there in two hours, 45 minutes, which is within the cutoffs, mm-hmm. but also incredibly achievable. And then that kind of builds you up a bit as well. So can you train yourself? I, d- I don't know the answer to that one because I think I'm quite good at it anyway like I say I like going out for a long run and just going yeah yeah but I think you can do things to help yourself Mm -hmm. I don't think having a difficult goal is helpful I don't think if you go right eight miles well I normally run that in an hour and 10 minutes so give myself an hour and a half I I think that kind of thing would be potentially counterproductive I think I think you've got to be nice to yourself um here's me trying to get all deep now (laughs) (laughs) and if you don't quite make your time limit not to beat yourself up about it and um yeah I think just yeah just be quite nice to yourself and quite confident and if you do start to think oh I'm not going to manage this 
find someone to run with because you can be a bit on your own and in your own head and you hear other people talk about that and sort of getting a bit down about it but if you find someone to run with then you can just start chatting there's this poor bloke a few years ago I must have chatted to him for about two and a half hours about my dogs I think (laughs) I was it was a second night I was really tired and I was like can I run with you for a bit because I'm just sort of almost falling asleep as you run you know you nod off in front of the telly that kind of thing I was like I just need to talk at you so I'm in Fiona and I've got two dogs and this is this dog and this is this one. And I was like, I must have just, he must have got so bored. In the it. But yeah, find someone else to buddy up with. And, just, and then he was asleep up. on the side of the trail. <laughs> yeah, he didn't finish. But I, no, I'm only joking. He didn't finish. But yeah, find someone else to buddy up with and either, yeah, just chat about something else. And then also stay away from the people that aren't very good for you. I did have to run away from someone once. Really? Um, oh, that gave you a bit of speed, did it? He did. He was climbing this hill and he was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this. This is horrendous. It's really boggy. I'm not going to complete this. And I was like, so yeah, I can't yeah. be here. We need to. So either let him get ahead or get away. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I've got two dogs. <laughs> yeah. Want to hear about that? No one else does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is that is a fantastic story. I'm glad to hear that you uh, you have to run away from some people. I'm probably the person that people try and run away from. I'm like, hello, do you want to be in my film? <laughs> no. Oh, I think it'd be okay because you're a positive, happy person. The only reason I got away with him because he was talking about not finishing. And I was like, I yeah. need to not be with you now, right now. Well, that <laughs> happened to me on day four of the Kate Rath Ultra. I was becoming such a miserable person and all I wanted to talk about was how much my feet hurt and <laughs> I just was like no this is I'm vetoing this you are horrible like no one wants to be around this I don't want to be around this I'm <laughs> quitting because this is not how I want to see the world so yeah I totally agree with you I wouldn't want to be around I didn't even want to be around myself at that point <laughs> but the good thing is that Tony says resilience can definitely be trained for you need to work into your discomfort zone and prove to yourself that you can cope with the load slash miles slash stress and he has had 23 years in the RAF, so it's good there advice you go. there. Yeah. Tony can help with that one. Yes, um, and but he does <laughs> think that those who can do more and go further tend to have like quite a high baseline to start with of resilience. Yeah, I used to have a really good, like really good determination, like I could do, like uh, it didn't matter how much it hurt, I was getting to the end. But then I started being nice to myself, and then I started giving up the like giving oh. up because because I was like, well, you don't have to be in this pain. Like you're not running from a war zone. Like you have decided to be here. So then I was like, well, I don't want to be in pain. So then I just used to quit stuff. So I've quit. I've quit like oh. three or four things since since being and nice you can do that as well you've decided to be here because you wanted to finish it so yeah exactly I can turn it around, around I'm well, gonna have yeah. to turn it around now I'm gonna have to turn it around um and uh and Jeanette um Jeanette my sister-in-law who is downstairs <laughs> at the moment she's watching <laughs> she's she's visiting at the moment from Scotland she said to be honest I would rather hear about your dogs than how hard a time someone is having so um well we're coming towards an hour now so I, I know we've kept you for quite a long time but I do just want to cover mm-hmm. your top tip um for uh, like you know like if you could just say one thing like um like what would your if someone's doing a a hundred miles for the first time like the montane lakeland 100 specifically for the first time in training what would that one if they only just did one thing in training what would you advise it to be um it would be those long days out and realizing you don't have to run those training runs that a that a day Hiking in the Peak District is probably just as good as a 25 mile road run. Brilliant. That is yeah. fantastic. And then in the race itself, what would that what that little one thing that's gonna get that person round? <laughs> that's a difficult one. Um yeah, like 
yeah, setting, breaking it up into those small achievable goals. Like you said, the checkpoints are never that far away. Mm -hmm. So don't think, there's no point setting out at six o'clock on Friday night thinking about eight o'clock Sunday morning because that just is too bigger thing to comprehend and to say oh, I've got to do 105 miles no you haven't you've got to do six and a half miles and then you can have a sandwich and then you've got to do another eight and a half miles and then you can have some pasta and then you've got because every if you hey if you're entering 105 miles you can run eight and a half so yeah absolutely breaking it down and never never thinking about the end because that's I think when you might start to stress about how far away it still is. Yeah, there's no, yeah, they're the other people to run away from. The ones who go five miles down, 100 to go. You're like, uh, no, I don't need this either. <laughs> that's <laughs> just annoying. Exactly, yeah. Breaking yeah. it down bit by bit and knowing that you are perfectly capable of doing that next bit. And that's all you have to worry about at that stage. Yeah. That next eight and a half miles is all you've got to worry about at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant advice. I just love this advice because it's so it's you know from a normal person. So, <laughs> you know, we can all we can all get on board with this. I've just got some quick fire questions um, okay. before we leave you today. I I haven't told Fiona what these are prior, so this is this is going to be very interesting. So you're relaxing after a hard race. What do you have, wine or beer? Uh, probably a glass of wine, white wine. White wine, well, very good. Park run with a dog or without a dog uh for enjoyment with a dog if you want to actually get a decent time without one but enjoyment with my dog <laughs> cool great answer um chocolate cake or lemon cake are you a chocolatey person or a fruity person Do you know what that's so difficult because i'm, I'm a massive <laughs> chocolate person but lemon cake's probably my favorite cake uh, lemon as long as it was a really good one <laughs> a, a good lemon drizzle a cake. good lemon cake yeah especially like after a run that might be quite refreshing might not it yeah um uphill or downhill downhill down 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 doubt, yeah <laughs> music or no music on an ultra no music i don't listen to music on events um and when i do my long training runs actually i've uh audiobooks are my new thing so yeah oh, awesome. audiobooks i know though so that, that if i've read the book then i'll re-listen to it because then it doesn't matter if i get distracted and like yeah. miss a bit of what's happening but, yeah so <laughs> you're no not like music. constantly faffing like oh stop oh what did you say again stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so camping or glamping? Probably glamping now. I've, I've done plenty <laughs> of camping. I'm not anti it, but you know, you get to a point in time where you've done that and you're ready for a bit more comfort. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you can camp, can't you? After doing the Lakeland 100. Um, are you, do you camp usually after doing the 100 miles or do you book yourself a B&B? Um, so we always have camped and I always have, um, but then had a B&B afterwards for a couple of days. Oh, okay. Um, this year though we've actually got a cottage because Tom's coming up with family and dogs and stuff so yeah I'll actually have a cottage and a bed and a proper shower rather than the port elite showers <laughs> wonderful <laughs> sounds like a great plan and a good reward uh, real food or gels real food absolutely real food yeah that was an easy one um, I don't take any gels on the ultras don't you no yeah I do on like road races and stuff but never on the ultras proper food Ah, proper food all the way. Um, and the final one, are you, would you describe yourself as an ultra runner or an ultra hiker? Uh, that depends on the run. That's a hard one. On the <laughs> Flayton 100, you could probably have to describe me as an ultra hiker. But I run where I can. Like, if it's runnable, I will run it. If it's not runnable, then I will hike it. And probably more of the 100 is not runnable for someone like me. But other ultras that are more runnable, I will run them. 
that's not giving you an either or answer but <laughs> you're what a, you getting you're an ultra run hiker <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh. <laughs> well, ultra runner who's not embarrassed to hike when they have to because they do a lot of the time yes well you sound like you've got your head fully screwed on Fiona I have had such a good time chatting you chatting with you today and thank you so much for giving up an hour of your time in your half term to come and <laughs> let us all know how you've achieved this amazing three Lakeland 100 um, race completions I'm just in awe it's just absolutely fantastic to have you on um, and I'm wishing you all the best of luck for this year's race I'm going to be do you have a dot can I follow you um do I have a what? A dot. Is it like a dot watching race? Can, oh, yes, can yes. You? you get a little tracker, yes. Yeah. And you can follow that, yeah. Yes. So, oh, yeah. fantastic. Plenty of people do that in like, the little marquee as well. It's, yeah, it's a lovely atmosphere. So, yeah, follow my dot by all means. Yeah. Until you start the 50 and then like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And then oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look on my phone. <laughs> but you'll be finished before I finish. So you can follow me then oh, afterwards as well. Are you not going to catch me up? Will you not catch me up on the 50? I doubt it. It depends how quickly you're going to go. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and do it in like 15 or so hours so that I qualify for... Yeah, know, I won't catch the... you up then. No. Oh, okay. Oh, No. That would have you'll, been really fun. You'll be finishing middle of the night, about two o'clock-ish if you go for that time, and I won't finish till like seven. So yeah, I will not catch okay. you up if you're going for that time. And uh, <laughs> I might um, I might stay up for you then. If I'm like on a big high, then I could stay yeah. up, couldn't I? Or at least get up. Uh, I don't want to promise anything though, because I might just be... That's fine. <laughs> I won't be offended if you're not there, yeah. but it'd be a lovely surprise if you are. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see you there because I'll, I'll be there that weekend and I'm sure we'll hook up at some point. And I can, Absolutely, yeah. uh, I'll be cheering you on the start line, won't I? Because I, yeah. I can cheer you on. That'll be brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds like a fantastic event. I've heard so much about it. So it is. You'll wait. love it. You'll get sucked into it. And I think you'll want to do it again. It's one of those that sucks yeah. you in and invites you back. And it's not a tick off, I've done it, move on. It's a yeah. real kind of, yeah. A real community around the event. Yeah, it does definitely seem that way. Like listening to Mark's podcast on the Run to the Hills, he was interviewed there. It just it does sound like a fantastic event. And, you know, it's not like costing the earth or anything compared to the other ones. So, yeah, no. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and Tony Reeves has a brilliant comment to finish on. He says, this has been brilliant. Thank you both. Today he says, thanks, great info. And yeah, I think everybody has had a fantastic time and everyone thinks that you're brilliant and you can do the fourth and they want to see your slate. Maybe we'll get you back on, you know, like when you've got your slate. And you when can I've got it. my slate, yeah. We can compare yeah, well, yeah, experiences. Good. Well, it's nice to speak to you and, and thank you everyone for your questions. You really made me think about some of the things as well. So no, it's been Yeah, it's nice enjoyable. to relive it, isn't it? Like, it's nice to sort of relive it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have an hour to chat about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm all ears for all. Like, I haven't even asked you about the sleep deprivation part of things and like whether you've got any blisters or foot pain or anything. So, um, yeah, I need to uh, harass you at Parkrun again. <laughs> another hour, another time. Yeah, yeah another hour, another time. Um, and Jeanette says, to finish, a brilliant interview sounds really practical. Not that I have plans to do anything like that, but I definitely did like, I definitely, if I did, I definitely do what you say. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, she's more than capable if she wants, I'm sure. Yes, if you want it, you can do it, everyone. That Absolutely, is the message yeah. here. There's the take-home message. If you want it, go end it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Fiona, and I will see you at Parkrun soon. I will say bye Where to everyone. Do? We'll still be connected on Skype, just FYI. Um, but I'll say <laughs> bye to everyone here, so don't go. <laughs> I want to say thanks. Okay, I'll stay here. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Yes. <laughs> bye, everyone. Thank you for watching. <laughs> and good luck in any ultra event that you're doing.